Hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Superhero Finder podcast. As always, I'm your host, Matt Wilson, and I'm scouring the cosmos looking for inspirational people with stories to tell, maybe challenges they've overcome, and a little bit of inspiration to sprinkle across whoever's listening. So whether you're listening to this for something to take away yourself in terms of development, or maybe you're going to take away something from this to help somebody else, whatever you're here for, thank you for joining us. And I have Mr. James Buckle in the room with me today. How are you doing, James? Very well, Matt. You? Yes, I'm good, thank you. Good. So, James, I just wonder if you, for anyone that's listening that doesn't have a Scooby, who you are, because that's not a bad thing, we've got a wide world, would you like to just introduce yourself and a little bit about what you do? Yeah, of course. And I think I imagine that a lot of people won't know who I am, particularly locally. I've built a bit of a profile for myself. I realise I'm not as well known as I'd like to think I am. But uh, <laughs> So my name's James. I'm the founder of a brand called what was Savage Gymwear. So to put it into context, the new name that you see on my chest is the new brand that we're launching this Saturday. Um, I was diagnosed with Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, for those who are unfamiliar with the term, back in 2019. And that was when the brand was born, basically. And and. The short version of the story, because it will go on forever if I tell you the whole lot, is essentially I went through a, a kind of time of turmoil around my weight and my illness. And, you know, it really, I was hospitalized just instantaneously. Um, and I said, I'll be home by the end of the day. And it kept me for a week. So it was a big transformation for me. Yeah. It was a big realization of how unwell I actually was. Um, and then when I left the hospital and kind of had to figure out how I get myself back on track in terms of fitness and not just fitness, but in health. That was when I came up with the idea to start a, a gymwear brand, more around um, the motivation and mindset of getting fit and that journey that you go through rather than just selling T-shirts. So, yeah, the brand was born out of that. And we're, what, now three, four years in and you know, we've, we've come a long way. So I'm quite pleased. Good. But, uh, it's nice to reflect sometimes. I never get yeah. asked that anymore. Like, what, what are you doing? Where do you come from? I'm always like <laughs> looking for the next brand deal. It's like, oh, yeah, I've done quite a bit. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you had space to be able to do that then. I, I am interested to know where the names Savage and then Jim Buck come from. So the original name is neither story particularly great. I really should come up with some better ones. Um, the, the story around Savage was I worked for a company and a colleague of mine, we were on the phone every day all the time. Uh, we were both into fitness. She's a CrossFitter and we just catch up. We didn't do much work, to be honest. And I was explaining to her around the uh, kind of particulars of how I ended up in my situation and some of the more gory details, which I shall spare you today. And she used the slang term, you know, like the urban dictionary term, oh, that's savage, as in like, that's, that's bad or you know, whatever you want to call it. Yes. And at the time, it didn't click. At the time, I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. And then when I was thinking of a name, it took me back to that moment. I thought, what a great way to describe what I'd gone through and what I was trying to achieve. And that's literally how the name became Savage and then Gymwear. And obviously then variations of that design uh, later on through the journey. Um, and then now for the rebrands, there's there's several reasons why I'm rebranding. Um, there's a period of growth. We've got some new brand deals going on. My personal brand on Instagram, the whole motivational side and the speaking mm-hmm. side is, is getting larger. So I thought it now needs to match. So the Jim Buck design comes from, I wanted a name that fit with a, I don't want to say mascot. It's a really cheesy way to put it, you know, but like yeah, I needed yeah. a, I needed something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I went through an online dictionary for days and days and days. And it was Jim, this, Jim, that. I, was like, I can't figure it out. But Buck is the beginning of my last name. So I was like, actually, it's a personal brand. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Then I was thinking of a strong animal that represents that. And Buck is a strong animal. So I was like, well, it, like I said, not particularly um, amazing stories, but it really sometimes could be that simple. It was just a case yeah. of when I saw the name, it just fit. It fit with my personal brand. It made sense. And I thought, 
that'll do. I'm not going to overcomplicate it. No. That's where we're at. So. I love that. Well, I so saw key... it and I thought, rather than actually thinking of, you know, Buck being an animal, I just thought of bucking Bronco, which essentially is the same thing, right? So it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. This is the hardest thing about branding, isn't it? No matter what name you come up with or the way that you present yourself, people will perceive you differently in the industry. So, you know, that's why when I talk to my ambassadors about the rebrand and all my customers about the rebrand, it's been the brand isn't changing. The brand is just a name. But what we stand for yes. very much remains the same. So, which has been well received, I hope. Yes. Good. <laughs> so when I'm interested, so obviously you were diagnosed with Crohn's. Yes. So how was that journey? Because we spoke to a few episodes ago, Danny. So Danny Callaghan. Danny Callaghan. New man. I love that man. He's great. Yeah, he's yeah. great, isn't he? Um, so I just wonder if you could reflect a little bit on actually how that then, how the effects of that then led you not only in terms of the brand, but your own personal development and kind of learnings from that. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It sound really egotistical, but like I've I've never broken a bone, I've never been ill. The worst I get is migraine or the occasional hay fever spell in the summer, uh, which I know affects many. But mm. I've I've not really had any ailments to be honest. I've been quite lucky in that sense. And then when I was what I think I was twenty eight at the time, twenty seven, twenty eight, and it was a progressive thing, but it came on all of a sudden. So for your viewers and listeners, I'll spare you the gory details. But I was losing blood from places you shouldn't, mm-hmm. and in significant quantities. And I think without trying to sound too you know, men are not great at talking about their illnesses, let's face it. You know, some may disagree with that, but we're useless at it. We, we kind of go, oh, we'll be fine and move on. And I went through that process for quite a long time. Um, my wife's a nurse, and even she was like, you need to see someone. And I just was like, I'll be fine. I'll figure it out. That's a combination of work and everything else and life just gets so busy that you just feel that you need to commit and continue on the path that you're on. So when I eventually did get hospitalized, it was a big shock because that's just not me. That's not who I am. I don't, mm. I don't get ill. I don't get ill very often. And when I came out, I think I weighed like 60 kilos. I mean, there's some pictures you can see of me on Instagram. I look like a skeleton. I'm not exactly the biggest bloke now, but I'm pushing 90 kilos since then. So, you know, it was a big difference and a big realization. And I think in terms of my fitness, I've always been, uh, I've always been a gym guy. Like I love the gym. Mm. I've been going to the gym since I was old enough to go to the gym and get a membership. So it's something I've always trained to. Uh, and having that period of probably three to six months of being essentially ill and unable to, at one point, unable to lift myself out of a chair without physical you know, exhaustion. Wow. Yeah. It was a real eye opener for me and I've got kids and everything else. Now, I don't want this to be a, oh, you know, people have something terrible happen in their lives and they turn their lives around. That's not the case at all. But I think it was an opportunity for me to pause. You know, my body or whatever happened to me forced me into a position where I could go, hang on a minute. Not only is my health now a problem, but, you know, I'm working myself to the bone. I'm not really thinking about what life is going to give me. It was so much more than just getting sick and coming out the side of it. It was like looking at my life from the outside in. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it was really, I don't know if you like to use the word profound too often, but it really got me a chance to go, what on earth am I doing? And it was so much more than just an illness. So coming back from that illness was quite difficult. And I think that's one of the reasons that spurred me on to build the brand and meet people like Danny Callaghan, for example, Yeah, is that... People who do have these ailments and illnesses that you would consider ones that would prevent you from being a certain way mm-hmm. is so far from the truth. And what I wanted to do was bring a brand to the industry that represented and celebrated the journey of fitness, not just the type of people that can get fit. And Danny was one of the first people to come on board with his, you know, representing with his bag and the way that he, he's in great shape, that man. Yeah, Incredible shape. Like, really, it's me to shame regularly. Um, <laughs> and... I sent him some t-shirts. We got, we, you know, 
hit it off and we became good friends over it and he's a really great guy and it was all those kind of journeys that I wanted to convey with the brand and represent with the brand through motivating people to go look I've lived what you lot are facing now so yeah. whether you're overweight underweight got an illness whatever it is like in some form I've lived that I'm not just someone that owns a gym wear brand trying to say hey you should be fit you know like I've yeah. I've been on that journey and what I'm trying to do is promote that journey and actually how hard and how long it takes but I've lived it and I want to try and try and bring that through my kind of content and my media and everything else so yeah it was a massive eye-opener for me it's it's weird to think back when people say when did the brand start and it was like mm. it started from me realizing that I was living a life of a robot essentially <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Get up, feed the kids go to work come back go to the gym go to bed like I, I had no prospects as such as to what I actually wanted to do with my life and mm. I think whether it's a good or a bad thing to have something negative happen to you to change that i think sometimes it, that has to happen to people for them to grow and become something else right. it's definitely an op- it's an opportunity to get another perspective isn't it when you talk about kind of yeah. looking at everything from a from a third person almost it's being able to almost look and see the true value of the things you're doing so a routine that you were happy doing now becomes a routine that felt a bit robotic but you didn't realize it when yeah. you realized no, and I think we're, we're all guilty of it. We all get ourselves into this rut of just being so focused on, you know, paying the bills and going to work. And I, I meet so many people. In fact, one of my ambassadors, which I can tell you a bit of a story about later, is he's now gone off and started his own gymwear brand off mm. following um, what I do. He's like my behind-the-scenes cameraman. He's kind of learned a little bit about what, what really goes into building a brand and a business, not just the fun stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's now decided to go off and follow what he wants to do uh, and at the time, I remember him saying to me, like, I don't want you to feel like I've copied you or I'm like taking your ideas or anything like this. And I said, no, I'm really happy that you're doing this because mm. the whole aim from day one, from when I motivated myself to change, was that trying to get out of people the best version they want to be, not what everyone else wants them to be. Mm. But like, if you've got aspirations in life, I want to try some way, either by telling my story, telling my journey, that you take something from that and you go, do you know what? I want to do something, so I'm going to go and do that thing. And that's it. Like, it's not to get more followers. It's not to get more business. It's purely to kind of pull the best out of people, but the best that they think they are, not what everyone else thinks they are. And that was the journey I went on myself. Yeah, that's such an important point, isn't it? It's the person you want to be because yes. I'm at the moment, I'm doing a lot of work in schools around young people because I think in this age where we've got social media and it's all very digitally driven and we've got algorithms and it's very easy to be told how you should be how you should look how you should identify um it's very easy to kind of take that on board because you're getting so many different opinions i don't want to take too much of your time off this amazing conversation just a little quick break to tell you a little bit about patreon www.patreon.com slash the kindest strongman will allow you to help support and grow this podcast i want to do loads more with it and i'm excited to say that members of my Patreon will be able to see loads of it before it even happens. That's amazing. Second thing, be strong, be kind. My merch is now live. So I will drop the link in the description, but it's also, if you can go to bsbk.tmill.com, you can find it all yourself. You can grab yourself a hoodie, grab yourself a t-shirt. And if there's something that you can't see or a color that you can't see, just let me know. Right, back to the fun. Especially when you get people doing videos saying this is the right way, this is the only way you should do something, this is the only thing you should be buying. Well, actually, no. Let's bring it back to 
who you are and, and actually the, those feelings around what you want to achieve, what you want to feel, how you want to feel, what you want to you know be doing. It's really important conversation to be had, but I think it sometimes gets lost and and actually we don't see the distinction between why you're doing it. So whether yeah. it's someone else's I think there's, there's so many levels to this. I talk about yeah. motivation a lot and discipline and the reasons why people do things. Um, which is kind of like why people go to the gym, things like that. Uh-huh. But I think the, the problem we have, as you said, around like particularly at a young age, is that there's, there's this idea that you need to live your life a certain way. It's a bit like, you know, um, house, marriage, kids. Like there's a, there's a, a rule of thumb. That was made up at one point. What, why is that the way you should follow things? Or do you have to make a certain amount of money at a certain age? Do you have to be a certain job type? But like, and I think you can get sucked into that very early on, and it takes a lot to break away from that. And I was fortunate that something forced me into a position where I could break away from that. And yeah. in the in the years since then, I've probably done more in those that period of time than I've done in 10 years previous. If that makes sense. Just because having a different mindset and a different approach to it. And it's it's enlightening if it's a word to use, but like it's also it makes you look back and think, God, why was I and I see so many people in that position now. And I try my hardest not to tell people how to live a life. But I also go, look, I was where you are. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting it's for everyone. I'm not saying everyone should start a business. What I'm saying is everyone should take a look at their life and go, Am I happy? And in fact you are fine if yeah. you're happy doing yeah. what you're doing fine but if you're not find something that does make you happy because uh you see a lot of like gary v and that simon his last name sinek who was on steven's podcast recently talk about this and i think from an outsider's perspective you're like oh yeah yeah, you're famous you get it but like i'm not i'm just a regular everyday guy and i'm telling you yeah, yeah. you can do it you know, it's very much possible well it's been really nice actually and you mentioned Gary Vee and, and Gary Vee's been on a bit of a journey himself because I remember seeing Gary Vee years ago and it was very much be on the grind early mornings work hard you know be successful and you've just seen him and I think he comments in a couple of his videos how that suddenly changed he got a new perspective mm-hmm. and actually it's about being happy yes yeah, and, yeah. I know Simon I think... says, it, says it a lot as well but you know listen to some great books of his um, but yeah that's a huge change and I think we could probably do we see more of that on social media, couldn't we? To get away from that kind oh, of oh, yourself to yeah. the so, Social media is uh, is <laughs> good and bad, right? Like social media has its benefits massively, particularly as a brand. Everything yeah. I sell yeah. through my brand is done through social media. And everything that's on my page and on the brand page is real stuff. Like it's not staged. You know, we might go into a photo shoot, but it's all real people. It's everyday people. The guys that we did the photo shoot with last time were all ambassadors. They weren't people we hired in as models. They were just people that work with the brands. We didn't go out and get the muscliest, you know, it was just, do you want to come models and stuff? Happy days. That was it. And that's the way I want the brand to be. I want it to kind of celebrate everyday people, not to be mistaken with. It's an excuse to be lazy. Like that's not what, the, you know, but everybody's on a different journey in fitness and that's kind of what we want to capture. And there's not enough of that content out there in terms of what you see on Instagram. A lot of it, I think, and this is no disrespect to the PT market, but they seem to be the worst for it. Is they've got the next best thing to transform your life. Or these people that start talking about trading stocks and there's there's always a quick fix for someone and i think the reality is that when you watch the likes of gary v and that simon sinek and even stephen bollett the reality is this is like decades in the making but you just take the steps you need to get there and enjoy the process rather than thinking about the ultimate goal yeah. and that was a big eye-opener for me certainly in the early days of the brand it was like right i wanted it to be huge but actually in reality i have to go on the journey first and if i look where i am now compared to where i was three years ago I would never have thought I would have achieved the things I did. So I go, okay, well, what can the next three years bring? Yeah. And this, the idea is not to rush it. You're absolutely right. The content on Instagram can be um, 
misleading to say the least um puts people in a false sense of entrepreneurialism as a... i mean yeah absolutely kind of you know there's it's really easy to get a false sense of being famous or you know having all these followers yeah. which then it leads to kind of this feeling of validation in some way but yeah. you know when you said about your brand there it's we're in a world where you know convenience is rife i can order something on amazon have it delivered this afternoon you know later tonight yeah. and i think because i've also had a couple of clothing type brands and stuff in the past as well i had one called iron mighty which i thought was you know a little bit of play on words that was like 2000 yeah, like yeah. well it's Good. not anymore so you can take that if you want if you want to do it yes yeah, well, <laughs> so you know my initial thought back then before i knew everything i knew now was I want to get as many sales as possible. So how do I get this out to people? Almost yeah. like if I put it in front of somebody, they will buy it. And that's what you get at these because of the yeah. algorithms. Build and they will come. <laughs> yeah. And because everything's flick rather than actually choosing the next page, TikTok, it just scrolls. Yeah. So it's continuous. So you end up missing stuff. So this idea, this continual, almost like hamster wheel. But actually yeah. what you do then is you end up losing the reason why you started the brand. So you want to be big, but you want to be big in the market that you want to be in mm -hmm. not big for everybody because if you dilute yourself down then you lose all yeah know, to be fair thing. in the early days i made that mistake of having too many products and we've refined it really now so we've got like a running range because we did a lot of the running show last year it was it was a real pivotal moment for us as a brand it was a huge huge show it cost me a godly amount of money mm -hmm. <laughs> to be there but it was it was worth it um so we kind of focus on and we've got lots of uh, brand deals now with like local marathons we're going up up um to the goose fair gallop i think it's called in october which is quite cool so we're sponsoring that event like there's all these little bits and pieces in the running world and funnily enough one of my ambassadors now in the video that we did for the nec because mm. i have a videographer come and film it he's shopping on my stand in a gym shark top and we always make this joke because it's like oh cool someone on the gym shark top came and shopped on my stand but he now runs the whole running side of my business and he's very very good at it because he knows that world so it's amazing how the journey comes on, but you do learn, okay, well, I made everything about this is learning. You know, I, I brought too much in. I've kind of saturated the market with everything I could possibly offer people. And actual fact, I should just focus on what I know I'm good at and what I know sells yeah. and then really refine it down. But you have to go through those motions like with your brand from 2011 and now you've got the, um, the Be Kind, Be Strong. I saw looks looks really, really smart, but that would have only have come from development, from learning yeah. from previous mistakes. So. I, I do enjoy it. it yeah but social media certainly makes it a lot more um appealing than it really is i think yeah. but the whole message of the brand needs to remain the same and it's, it's something i'm quite proud of is that the mission i started with hasn't changed um it's developed yes but it has the core of it hasn't actually changed and despite having offers from i can't i don't want to name drop because yeah, i'm not yeah. trying to make it like a big thing but i'm not <laughs> going to say the name because i also if they watch this they'll feel really offended but there have been some people with some like significant followings, you know, like in the millions that yeah. have approached and said, you know, pay me a little bit of money and I'll promote your brand, which was great. And it would have been huge, but they also didn't fit or embody the whole concept of the brand. So I said, no. And I remember telling my friends, like, are you nuts? Because they could have taken your brand to new heights. And I said, yeah, they could. But do I sell out my values just for that? Or do I play the long game and, and you know, get good quality people on long term that actually match what I'm trying to achieve? Yeah. it's so good to hear that that's you know that's such a healthy process and and it's you know we talk about boundaries sometimes and that's a clear boundary for you is not overstepping and not saturating your values or not actually reaching somewhere just because somebody has millions of 
you know millions of followers because if we're led by that then it you know who who knows where we'll end up and it'll probably be you know a place where you never actually envisage um mm. but again have you had people approach you that you hadn't seen that would be small that perfectly fit that you've worked with so kind of the opposite side yeah absolutely i mean trying to get in everyone's an influencer these days um everyone likes to call themselves an influencer in some respects and the term micro influencer in terms of you know smaller um accounts with less following but perhaps are more committed funnily enough have provided the biggest return for me so i've had a couple in there anywhere from like twenty thousand to a hundred thousand that have, have done some work with the brand in some fashion but they cost money of course um not all of them come through to be honest i think there's this Again, I don't want to speak badly of all influencers out there, but there's this little group that seem to think because you've got 20,000 followers, you're worth a certain amount of money. Now, yeah. maybe in your world, but in the reality of it is if I'm paying you a certain amount a month, I'm expecting you to influence your 20,000 people or at least have some influence on them because you can't call yourself an influencer if you've got 20,000 people but no one's seeing what you do. It's not, it doesn't work that way. And Shopify, where I run my account through, they've got some really good metrics where you can actually measure, you can connect it to their socials. And it will show you their engagement rate. Yeah, so you don't get caught out with these things anymore. And you can see someone with 30,000 followers, but they've got absolutely no engagement. So you're like, well, the greatest respect, you've built the following, but you're you're not really providing any value to your, to your followers. Otherwise, they'd be engaging with you. So, yeah, there's been a few. I, I tend to find the smaller um, kind of individuals mm. are really good. I've got a really good team around me now. There's about 70 ambassadors that work for the brand. Wow. And I'd say 25 of those are really active in terms of, They've got anywhere between, say, 500 and 3,000 followers, mm. but they are all day, every day, always looking to be engaged, always looking to support the brand, always looking to be involved. I've got nine of them coming to a summer fair assault course that we run every year this weekend, um, all coming, volunteering their time themselves just because they want to be a part of a growing brand, which is really nice. So mm. it's a healthy mix, I think, but I do find that the smaller following people yeah. tend to try harder, um, which is great. And big thing for me is I always say this to people is that you, you get as much as you put in mm -hmm. I'm under no illusions I don't pay these people they're not employed by me they don't have to do what I tell them to do no. but I set the parameters out that they can get something from this and be part of something bigger and in doing so then I will support them in their chosen sport so a couple of athletes that worked for the brand early on wanted sponsorship and I said well you need to kind of prove why I should give you sponsorship like who are you what do you want why should I spend my money and they really pulled out all the stops and now they're full paid sponsors so when i say we pay back 100 percent, in fact more than we probably should do but you've got to make the effort first and i think that's something that's missing from the world in general there's the sense of entitlement that you're yeah you just walk in and get whatever you want because you're somebody is like no that's not how it works <laughs> yeah absolutely and, and you you mentioned there about having maybe 70 you know really active kind of smaller creators or influence or whatever term you want to use on there mm. and realistically that means if you look at the numbers as a as a business person, even as someone like me that's outside the business but looking in, those people, even at their small comparative followings, will have anywhere between one hundred and fifty thousand and two hundred thousand followers together. Mm. You know, and it the right. Yeah. So and that's it. It's it's a combined value of lots of small people doing a lot of work than one person just doing a little bit, basically. Yeah. And these, I say, these guys are free. They get a commission off off the back of selling products and then yeah. they also can earn different tiering to get different things like free proteins and that kind of stuff so we try and make it as inclusive and as achievable as possible i'm not the kind of person because where you got to sell a thousand pounds worth of gym kit a month just to get anything like they're really really low benchmarks and i think from an outside in when you look at being an ambassador it also gives you a step up into the world of 
attempting to be you know an influencer of some kind and if we played a small part in someone becoming something bigger then again we've achieved what we set out to achieve so. i love it i love i love that cycle that cycle of being able to get something back in terms of being able to join a growing brand but then also the brand being wanting and being run around being able to give back Brands, yeah, I, I can't remember the, the exact cliche quote I came up with, but it was something like <laughs> the brands. I wrote it on an Instagram post ages ago, but it was something to do um, the, the brands that will survive in years to come have a purpose beyond profit, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly kind of the model of what I try and do is profit's important. The brand doesn't live without making money, but also in the same respect, the reason we do make money is because selling is not the priority. So this weekend on Saturday, we've got the summer fair. It's all for kids. There's like uh, 1,200 adults that come along with all their families and things and it's great fun it's not a selling event it's purely just we put on an assault course for four hours and the kids have a great time they get a medal at the end of it um and i did a little debrief with my team on telegram uh a week ago whatever it was and i was running through the day and how it works and everything else and i said your absolute 100 top priority for the day is to make sure that everyone who comes to our stand has a good experience and that for every show we've ever done that's always been the same it's never i want you to sell 20 t-shirts it's been no matter what you do when you engage with people and they visit our show, wherever it may be, they have a good time in our presence. And off the back of that, if you sell something, that's great. But I always think that we're trying to get repeat and long-term customers, not instant wins in that time. And for my working career over the last decade of doing that in various different businesses, it's always been something that's been kind of poo-pooed because it's like, no, we want sales. Mm -hmm. But my biggest, biggest wins have always been through relationship building and winning the idea, not the product, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a person that a person that buys a T-shirt because they've seen them everywhere versus somebody that perhaps doesn't, for example, someone that doesn't buy it but has a really nice conversation with you, then tells five, ten people about the fact they've had a nice conversation. It takes longer, but you know you end up with more in the end, and it's just about like you said, it's being, being patient, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing is patience in this game, um, particularly people who I come up through the exhibition circuit with who are building brands or building new brands, there's a lot of impatience to become the next big thing. Mm. And I think people need to get away from that romantic idea of what building, it does happen, don't get me wrong, but I think in reality, it's not as often as people think. I think Ben Francis put it the best. It was something an interview he did ages ago where he said, um, they called him an overnight success and he said, yeah, 10 years in the making. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's it's, 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 yeah, you spend, it's, it's almost like seeing the bottom of an iceberg and then seeing the tip of it. There's you know, so much I, more to it. I bought something from Gymshark, must be around nine years ago. So before it was even huge, it I was think. literally some guys on Instagram doing some YouTube videos, I think it was, that started off. Mm. Um, and seeing you know, seeing Ben go through that is incredible, especially, you know, at such a young age. But to, to globally be, you know, so recognized. Um, I wonder what is what are the biggest things that are coming up for you guys in the, in terms of in terms of the brand, but also in terms of you as well, yourself. So the biggest things for the, I say the biggest things for the brand, what I've seen kind of in, increasing recently is like, I call them brand deals, it's probably the only banner you can really give them, but we were recently invited by um, one of the local Snap Fitness locations to come down and, and talk about a collab with them, about giving them a discount for their members being featured on their site. And they're a massive, massive franchise. Yeah. And we've done work like this before with hotel chains, um, but like for whatever reason on both sides, it didn't quite come to fruition. And I think there's a lot of experience from that that's now made me go, actually, I know how to approach these deals now when we're invited to do so. And a lot of the deals in the past I would have to go looking for, actually now I'm being invited to do those things, which is, it might seem really 
small, but actually it's a really big deal. And it's a credit to how much effort goes into advertising, what we stand for and what we're all about. And yes. Why we want to work with the right people. Um, and it's, I think you, sometimes you get a pinch me moment. I always say to the ambassadors, like, I forget, it's like, it's just little old me trying to, trying to build this brand. Yeah. But actually on the face of it, and like I said about social media, it's conveyed perhaps in a bigger way than it really is, which is also good. Um, but yeah, like we've got a lot more events. So we've got some running events. We've got sponsorship events coming up. We're looking at doing more trade shows next year. It feels like for the past six to eight months, it's been a bit dormant, a little bit undecided. And I think the name change was something that was almost was going to happen anyway, because yeah. it felt like we just hit this stagnant place. We just sort of, I don't really know where this is going. We've got a lot of great stuff going on. We've got a lot of great stuff coming, but we just feel not quite somewhere, you know, somewhere in the middle. Uh, but it feels like that's changed now with the new brands. People actually like the new brand name more, which I don't know whether to be offended or not. But... <laughs> I mean, just to have feedback, I think, is a good position. But if I'm going to be completely honest, I I like both, but I think Jim Book is a lot more unique. Yeah, that's what I, that's, that's the aim. I'm glad you said that. Cause that's what I was aiming for. Yeah. Um, I was looking for something that was just a little bit of, original related to me in terms of personal brand something that i could relate to myself now so when you look back at the savage era as i call it the logo changed twice mm -hmm. because the original logo worked and was fine but as clothing and development and brand changed it just didn't fit in and i think that i always say to people like how do you feel about the new name and i say like i feel like i've landed i feel like we've landed where we should have been from day one yeah but it's taken all of that for the last yeah. couple of years to figure out where we're at there's lots of great stuff looking at shows. Um, but personally, kind of what I just said, really, like I feel like I finally landed in a place where I feel confident about a brand again. I feel like the journey's been worth it. I feel like all of the heartache and the issues that we faced from day one, I've been sued like three times, have taken on brands that are huge, way bigger than me in all sorts of different areas. And to have come through all of that and look back and go, we survived that. Like the brand started in the pandemic. Then when the pandemic ended and the brand took off, we had a cost of living crisis, which we're kind of semi in now. Mm -hmm. Yet we're still here and we're still selling and we're still representing. And I think there's no such thing as normal times. But whatever the new normal looks like, yeah, I think we've weathered enough to survive it. And I think that's where my excitement comes from. And I feel like it's day one, but we're three years experience. You know, I feel like we're really on the move and it gets me excited. You've got a stronger foundation. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Although there is this sense of like, when I make decisions now, I should know better. I'm always fucking <laughs> guessing myself. Like, I've done that right. Pretty sure I've done that right. Yeah, but I think that just comes from being conscious, doesn't it? And actually, you know, and, and caring about your business as well, which is something yes. that, which is something that's quite akin to to having a personal brand, but something that I've seen been lost in other brands as they get bigger. And you kind of lose. yeah, and that's something I'm really conscious of. I mean, like we've grown massively since day one, but we're we're by no means huge in the market. Like we're we're bigger than some others, but we're not as big as others. Um, but I think for me, is I've always really tried to remain with the core values, what we're about. Even the ambassadors as well. I always ask feedback regularly, is to make sure that that their perception of the brand and why they joined and why they want to be a part of it is more than just making ten percent on a t-shirt. And as long as we can get that right and we look after them, like. The brands might be built by me and designed by me, but it's delivered by everyone else that kind of invests in it yeah. in their own way. Yeah. Um, and I don't expect anybody to be invested as much as me, but all the little bits that everybody does, it just makes a huge, huge difference to becoming that brand, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm excited to um, to see more about it. Time has absolutely flown today. I would like to I ask know. a little bit of advice from you, though. Um, yes. 
if there's somebody listening that's either thought about starting a brand or we can go the other way and say they're going through you know a health challenge whether it be Crohn's or whether it be something else and they feel like there's a big road ahead it's a big mountain we're seeing it how can they approach it what are a couple of tips I know there's a lot a couple yeah so I'll try and I'll try and get as as quick as I can so in terms of starting a brand like I don't want to put anybody off I will tell you straight that it's, it's not as easy as people make out so particularly like when you look at social media all the fun things that we do, like the, the the gym tours and the event shows and everything else, there's a lot more to it. And then the ambassador who has just started his own brand and is, is starting on that journey, we had a conversation this morning because he's trying to navigate how you set yourself up with VAT and how your tax works. It's an absolute minefield. It's not difficult when you know, but if you're new into it, it's very daunting. So my advice to that is, if you're going to do it, make sure you have a reason why. And I, I said on a an interview on like a men group that I'm part of, um, somebody asked me a similar question and I said, you can buy and sell toothbrushes on Amazon if you just want to make some money. I said, but if you want to build a brand or a business that means something, you need to have a, a bloody good reason why you want to do it. And you need to be motivated to stick to that because when it starts, it's all fun and games and everybody's happy and everyone's like, oh, cool, this is new. And then you go through this middle period where no one cares, no one's interested, sales aren't there, things get hard, reality kicks in. And if you're not 100% invested into the reason why you started it, you'll just stop. And that's why you see people just start like, I don't know, I sell paddleboards and I'm going to sell microphones and I'm going to sell toothbrushes like no one really commits to it because <laughs> they haven't got that investment so if you're going to do it be realistic with yourself as to why you're doing it. if it's just to make money that's fine but it's only going to get you so far yeah in terms of health though I mean not everybody I understand there's controversy around uh, fitness doesn't save everything in terms of mindset I know that but I think the gym and having a place to kind of go to and to feel good in really did change my lifestyle like it was always a gym body anyway but if no matter what your health issue is whether it's Crohn's or other um it's not the it's not the end how really bad it's not the end of the world and I say that and I, I'm okay to say that because I've lived it it really isn't it will feel like the end of the world and it'll feel like I'm never going to come back from this and everything will feel doom and gloom I've been there it happens allow yourself that time Allow yourself your time to feel sorry for yourself. Allow yourself your time to go, this is crap. But then at some point, you've got to snap out of it and go, okay, I've lived this, it's crap. The only person that's going to change the circumstances I'm in is me. Mm-hmm. You just have to get on. And there's, I can't go into it now because I know we're limited on time, but there's so many things throughout life where I've been in that situation before. Yeah. And the reality is that no one else is going to dig you out of that hole. So you can either carry on on that path or you can just choose to make decisions. And the key thing is, there's this misconception about what hard work looks like. Hard work is really, really hard work. What you need to do is just accept it and go take baby steps. Like you don't have to run a marathon in a day. Yeah. Go to the gym, spend 10 minutes in there, spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes, just progression. Stop putting so much pressure on yourself to be the next big thing. Just take slow steps. There you go. Mic drop. I was ranting at you then. <laughs> you, were, you were ranting at me then. I, I almost felt like I had to go back to the well, gym. Same. <laughs> uh, just um last thing then um i wonder if you could just tell everyone what the new website address is and where they can find anything else on socials yeah so the the new website address is jimbuck.co.uk nice and simple take you straight to the home page um you can follow jimbuck.hq which is basically a variation of our previous name on instagram or if you want to follow me directly it's the jbuck but if you go onto the main page of jimbuck You'll see plenty of posts of me tagged in it, so give me a follow. I'll always follow back and drop me a DM. We can talk about fitness. 
Perfect. Well, thank you very much for your time today, James. It's been really, really Likewise. Fun. Real and pleasure. Thank you very much. No, you're welcome. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And for now, from myself and from James, stay super, everyone. Thank you.